So good to have you with us today. Uh, August, can you believe it's August already? So some of you are, you know, yeah, it's summer and it's hot. But uh, that goes with summer. Thank you, Tex. Appreciate all the help we get. And uh, Tom does a great job. He, as our facilities guy, he does all the little stuff that needs fixed or whatever. He takes care of all of that. And plus, whether fixed or painted or whatever, he does that. He's amazing. But it's so good to, to have you with us today. And I, you know, and I know what's tough is up here as a, as a pastor and the leader, we're supposed not to emphasize empty seats. But I mean, it's August. We don't agree with summer slump, but people take vacations. I don't want you to get worried about that. We want you to take vacations. If you get the opportunity to do that, it's good to get away and have some time with your fam and all that stuff. Uh, you know, we just want you just to understand that it's, it is part of, we need that time. Everybody needs that time. But, you know, the church goes on whether you're here or, or not. And uh, all of the things that happen in a church, they don't look at it as much as ministry as a business. When I say they, I'm talking Ohio Edison, uh, Columbia Gas, all those. So all those still continue. So just uh, say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to enjoy my vacation, but I'm still going to be faithful to the church. And that will help us in, in all of that. But we're, we're looking for not only finishing out summer strong, but this fall, I think, is just going to be amazing. I'm looking fall and winter to, to uh, blow the doors off this. I, I've got a, had an opportunity this last week um, uh, just to go and speak at uh, our Headships Youth Camp on Thursday. was invited to be the speaker there. I should have uploaded the video. I, if I'd have thought I'd have got with Ron and uploaded the video, maybe I'll get an opportunity to do that a little next week or something. But it was just a few-second video. I sent it to my leaders that are here. Um, and uh, just uh, exciting 90-plus students I got to speak to. Uh, and by the way, while I'm thinking about uh, the life groups, the 20s and 30s, if you're close to 20, you know, you're 19 or whatever, you can come. That's all good. Um, if you're over 60 and you're still just like, I still want to come to yours, come to mine. I don't care. We're not, you know, we just want to get people. So we're going to meet at Sonic instead of here, weather permitting. If the weather is, eh, and it looks like it's really going to rain or there's that chance, then we'll go, uh, we'll just come here to the church this week. But uh, if not, weather, I think it's supposed to be good. We'll meet at Sonic at 7, and uh, we'll just have a great time. We have laughed till our sides have hurt. So anyway, that, now back to me speaking. Just an amazing time. You get uh, The last night of camp is great to speak because all of the students that are there, they got to know each other now. They've had four days or so of intense, you know, services plus, you know, camp and camp is camp. If you've ever been to camp, raise your hand. Yeah, and you know what camp can be like. You know, there's the kids that don't pick up any of their stuff. There's the kids that never change their clothes. There's the kids that don't know what deodorant is. To them, that's a foreign word. And you just want to go, oh. So anyway, but Thursday's a great time to be a speaker because these kids, now all the walls are down. They're, they've accepted each other. And so they are ready for God to move on them. So uh, it was just an amazing service that the Lord did. And I, I got to, out of the 90 kids, I'm going to guess maybe, maybe up to almost 40 to 50 of them I got to pray for that came up for prayer. And I have, there's one young man, he came up and, and it was his right wrist. And uh, he said to me, he said, I, I can't move my wrist. And I said, show me. And he said, I kind of looked at me like, duh, I can't move my wrist. I said, no, move the wrist you can move. So he moves his wrist around and said, now move the other one. He goes, I can't. 
And so I grabbed a hold of his wrist. I said, now move your left wrist. I want you to move your right. He goes, I, I can't. And I said, did you come up here to tell me you can? Or did you come here because you thought, you know, so I kind of went into basically trying to locate his faith. And he said, no, I came up here because I, I just, you know, was hoping that God would do that. Something like that. I can't remember his exact words. And uh, I said, so I want you to move it. He goes, I, I'm, I told you. And I said, are you sure? And he looked at me funny. And I took my hand off his wrist. And I said, move your left one. He did. I said, move your right one. And he did, and his face was worth, his face, he goes. And so then all these other students, they're like, ah. So then they come up, and one girl, oh, pray for my foot. And so we prayed for her foot. God healed her foot, and it just went on and on. And this, it was just an amazing service. But I'm just saying, God has got great things in store for you. This Wednesday, we're going to have a healing service. I believe the Lord prompted that in my heart. So, uh, you know, we're going to do praise and worship um, because that obviously opens up the doorway for the ground to be put in there for the word of God. And we're going to believe God for great things. But if, you, if you're just believing just to have an amazing service with the Lord and you're wanting the Lord, you know, I don't know what, you know, Jesus located people's faith all the time. Blind people came up to him. What do you want me to do for you? Like to see, you know, I like a new pair of shoes. They're on sale. Uh, no, you know, he's telling them, I, I can't see. So, you know, we're going to believe God for a great service on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, we saw students that came up, got a healing just like that. We saw other students that come up. I didn't see anything happen right then. They didn't see anything happen right then. And so I had to speak to that because that sometimes gets to be a deterrent because people, they want, I want that now. You know, it's J.G. Wentworth, I have my money and I want it and I want it now. Okay, I'm not the healer. I'm just the jumper cable. That's all I do. I just connect this and connect that. He does all the current stuff. And that's what I do. But in my heart and in my mind, when I pray, it's done. Whether it happens on your way home, whether it happens tomorrow morning, I, it doesn't matter to me. Because how do we know? I've taught you this. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, we believe when we pray, not when it shows up. Everything in the kingdom happens by faith. So amazing service. We're going to have an amazing one Wednesday. So this morning, I want to talk to you about doing life God's way. We all are doing life. So you're going to, you know, you're living, you're walking, you're breathing, you're doing life. Wouldn't it be great if we could find out, God, show me how I could do life maybe a little bit better, maybe a little less worried, maybe a little less anxious as far as in just feeling pressure. What if, you know, it doesn't mean you don't have pressure, but how we handle that. You know, when we moved the, the Wyatts yesterday, there were things that, you know, that people could not pick up that, to me, were light. I just walked over and picked them up, and they're like, oh, sure. But there's probably things that I couldn't pick up that somebody else would be light. I don't know. What, you know, how we handle that. What's your structure, your spiritual structure? How are you built to do things the way God wants you to do them? So let's, let's look at that this morning. I think life should be fun. I think you should have fun as you go through life, um, you know, and, and at least enjoy living, don't you? I mean, who wants to go through and just be miserable? I don't want, I don't want to look at, at being a Christian as just terrible or just, I'm just holding out till Jesus comes. Just bless God. He's trying to teach me through some of this infirmity. Uh, no, he's not. God doesn't do that. But what if we could grab a hold of how God is and how we're supposed to respond? If we made Jesus Christ our Lord, we should be happy. 
I just mean everything in, in the, I mean, all things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28, one of my favorite scriptures. It doesn't say all things are good. There's going to be stuff that happens because in this life you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have stuff that happens. But how you handle that stuff, how you balance that. Does one thing just ruin your day? Do you know anybody like that? Everybody can be fine and one thing goes wrong and the bottom falls out and then everything else is bad. There are people that are like that. But I'm telling you, people are watching. How, how are you different? What is it that makes you different from everybody else or the people around me? I have people come up, PB, I'm the only Christian where I work. That's why you're there. That's why you're there. Somebody's got to be the light. Somebody's got to show them God's way of living. They still get this or that, just like you, but they handle it different. Why? Because there's something that helps balance that out. I think the New Testament believers, when the day of Pentecost happened and people would, you know, finding things, wow, this isn't what we're used to. Peter said this, 1 Peter 3, 15, instead you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. He's trying to say there's something bigger than you. John the Baptist said, I must decrease, he must increase. Something bigger than you. Something that you are surrendering to that is bigger than life of what you're living. Jesus said stuff like this. I mean, if you want to follow me, you got to you got to lose your life to find it. You got to surrender. And that's a big thing that's hard for some of us because we always want to be in control. Have you ever had a backseat driver? Now husbands don't say anything. Have you ever had your wife tell you how to drive? Slow down. Watch out where you just want to go, would you like to drive? You want me to get out and you can drive? Don't you dare do that to me. Unfortunately, we've, we've had those. You know, we just have to, how do we experience life? I'm telling you this morning, Jesus is the difference maker. John 10, 9 and 10 says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find Good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. If stuff is going in your life that's stealing, killing, destroying, that's not God. That's the enemy coming in to do that. And let me just say, he's going to come anywhere he can to plunder whatever he can do. He's not polite. He's not looking. I, mean, I saw, I, grew, I don't know if I say this right. Calvin and Hobbes. Is that right? I love this cartoon. You, you see, Calvin is the little kid, right? Okay, Calvin, Mom, Mom! And you see him walking through every room in the house. Mom, where are you? Mom finds her upstairs in the upstairs bathroom. She goes, what is it, Calvin? He goes, I got dog poop on my shoes. And then they show the tracks of all through the house where he'd been there. Mom, Mom! Sometimes don't, <laughs> you might like, I have no idea what you mean by that. I'm just saying we've all had life where we've ran through everything. God just dragged dog poop everywhere we went. That's not even one of my points, but I like it. <laughs> I 
we've seen where Jesus said this. And a lot of us, we want to believe it, but so many of us really don't. We read it and we go, yeah, that's the Bible. And we expect the Bible to be true, but do we really believe what it says? I want to enjoy my life. I want to have it to abundance. Somewhere, somehow, sometimes I miss the mark. My perception is distorted or I've, I've, somehow I've got it off balance. I would like to be one of those people that I just don't, I don't ever get offended. Wouldn't that be great? You don't ever get offended. It's just water off a duck's back. No problem. You know, sometimes I, I am like, I'll be like, oh, you know, somebody zips by you and you're like, and then cuts off just to get in front of you just to slow down. Yeah, my brakes work. <laughs> and you want to say like wonderful things. But you don't, you know, and I'll turn to my wonderful wife and say, can you believe that? And this and she is better at this than me. Honey, we don't know. Maybe they have to get somewhere in a hurry. Maybe somebody's hurt or something. Maybe they are. But, you know, she has a point or, you know, we don't know what's going on in their life. In other words, she's just saying grace. Our first thought this morning. So how do we do life God's way? We got to follow the leader. I mean, Jesus did it awesome. Jesus said, if you see me do it, I've watched my dad do it. If you hear me say something, I've already heard dad say that. I mean, he was literally just saying, I'm, you know, it makes me think of Peter Pan. We're following the leader, the leader, the leader. We're following the leader wherever he will go. I'm not going to keep going, so be, be all right. But what I'm saying is he just follows him. He just does what he says. He just does what he says, submitting to the Father. That's the foundation that everything is built on. You know, we have that where we say Jesus is the cornerstone. You know what a cornerstone is? A cornerstone is something that's built, and everything around and on that building is built on that, that stone. That is, and it's built like that stone. It is the cornerstone. That's why it's so important for us to be like Christ. You know, we're supposed to be like Christ. We're not, we're not trying to be Jesus. He is in us. We are trying to shine like Christ. And for him. You might be saying, Brett, I don't understand my situation. There's a lot of stuff going on. I've got problems. I, I came from a poor family. These people, I mean, they got handed down to them. Or they got this huge inheritance. You know, I get it. I, we can all have different situations. But let's just, let's just kind of air that out and just be, you, it is, we are where we are. Sometimes life is messy. Things didn't happen the way we wanted. But Jesus says, really, now think about it. Those things are, he's not denying they didn't happen to you, but in Christ, that stuff becomes almost irrelevant because he is greater than any of those things. Did you hear what I just said? Jesus can overcome any of those things. If you think you're behind the eight ball, so to speak, then maybe we're not looking at this thing clearly. Jesus is greater than that. He said, if you come to him, we can come and go. We have plenty in our pasture. He helps me to rest. He helps. You know, I was just telling Pastor Kim the other day. She's like, I just need to get some sleep. Any other, anybody feel like that? I just need some sleep. And then something happens and you're ready. Like what I love on her clock, she has an alarm at a certain time. It goes, dun, dun, dun. like a, the cradle song. 
And I asked her one time, I said, what's that? And she goes, that's my alarm for me to go to bed. It's for her to just start winding down and de-stressing, you know, and all that. And I'll be like, well, you need to go do that. And doesn't, if anything's going to happen, there's things that will happen. You're like, ah, oh, and you get all wound up and then you never get rest. What if we were, and this is what I told her. I said, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter. And she's like, okay, explain that. I said, because Jesus can make up whatever the enemy's taken. He can make up for that. So you can get sound sleep. Sometimes things happen out of your control, but do you know that God could give you sleep like that? Do you believe him? Could you rest in him? What if you could get like four hours of complete restful sleep instead of eight hours of unrestful sleep? Give me the four hours, man. And I could wake up replenished. If that's what, he's, if that's what I needed, then he provides what I need. What's neat about Jesus is he's not saying it only happens for preachers it only happens for this kind of person or the wealthy or this no he he's saying anybody that comes to him you don't have to be highly educated he's not talking about he's talking about if you're in anybody you can come and jesus says i'm gonna give you freedom if you walk through the door and you believe me you qualify you're not trapped inside your natural circumstances you're not locked out of God's blessings. Oh, bread, he'll do it for you. He won't do it for me. Show me where that says that. Show me where that says that. It doesn't say that anywhere. It says just the opposite. What I like about this is I don't have to depend. And I had to change my mindset. I don't have to depend on people to provide. The see, to you, it's, you might say, well, I don't understand. Everything, I don't have to depend on whether people do this or, or do that. I have to depend on God. Do you depend on God? Do you know God got you your job? You're doing your job for God, and they're actually paying you money to do your job for God. Do you think it that way? Do you light up that way? There's times where we were of a poverty mindset. There are people who say, you don't even know, Brett. You don't even understand. I know how you live. Really? I've been bankrupt. That's no fun. I've been on welfare and WIC and Medicaid. That's no fun either. Those are good programs, not the bankruptcy one. But the other one, I mean, they're designed to help people that just need to get their feet under their, themselves and get started. And I'm, I know there's people that take advantage of that. But what I'm saying is there came a point in time we took all our kids. We were taking them to get their shots and all that stuff. And we were in a massive room. And there were a lot of people in there. Nothing against people. Nothing against those that are in there. But there are people in there. And there are kids in there. And it just, let me just say, if you were a germaphobe, it is not a clean environment. There was green snot flying everywhere. And, you know... Sound like seals barking half the time. Hey, hey. Kids are going, yeah, and just snotting all over the books. And, you know, your kids are over there. And Kim's trying to keep them pulled back. Just not, she's not afraid for them to mingle with them. But it was just, they were just like, it was, you know, you're, they're there because they're sick. And so we were waiting. We were waiting. I'm going to say, I'm safe to say that it was probably almost two hours in this waiting room. It was very, and it's just. And, and you go up to get help, and you want to just go and say, do you get paid here? You don't like your job, do you? Because I don't like you. Now, I'm just being honest. 
I'm not, I don't hate that. I mean, they're just rude. They didn't care, and, and you're fried. You have not only your kids acting up, you got everybody else's kids in there. Does that come out real? I didn't mean that rude or wrong. Okay. So I had taken all I could take. Now, I want you to pay attention to what I'm about to say. I had a decision. My kids had not gotten their shots. It had been almost two hours, I think. It was around that. And I was just, I was having the enemy just pound me, pound me. And then I had the God part of me inside me saying, do you believe me? So I turned, I went and asked the lady how much more time we had. When were we going to get back there? And she basically was telling me just to be quiet and go sit down. When it was your turn, it was your turn. And she said something that wasn't, it was rude. It wasn't, you know, nasty. It was just basically... We'll get to you as soon as we can if you just be, you know, patient and go, you know, I've only been up there. That was my first time since we checked in. And I had had enough. And I told Kim, I said, just a minute. I went back to the lady. I said, you can take us off your list. I said, we're leaving. And she said, you do, you do not want to leave. Your kids are going to be getting back there just as soon as we can. I said, it doesn't matter when you can. We're not, we're not staying. And I told Kim, get the kids. And Kim was like, yep, we got them. We walked out of there. Now, listen to me. When I walked out of the building, I got hit with two things. First thing was the enemy telling me, you are an idiot. What are you going to do with your children now? Who's going to give them whatever they need now? Blah, 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 blah. But I also got hit with something that was stronger. I got this thing that was just like freedom. I said, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I could not stay in there any longer. And I felt you telling me to make the stand, so we are done. We walked out, and we never went back. And I'm telling you, that decision started catapulting me in the direction that God was sending us and what he was doing. What am I telling you? I am telling you, follow the leader. Follow God and say, God, what do you want me to do? You do not have to settle for what the enemy is trying to get. And what he's trying. There's so many people that will, we won't hang on to God, but we'll hang on to sickness. We won't hang on to prosperity, but we'll hang on to poverty. Why? Let's just believe God and walk past and do the things he wants us to do. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd risks and lays down his life for the sheep. That's, that's amazing. That's John 10, 11. So he's not going to do things that will cause you harm just so he can show you he can fix it. That doesn't make any sense. He's going to keep you safe and show the world that isn't following him what it means to follow him and help you to shine brighter for him. Psalm 23, 1, 3 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He, leads, or he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right path, bringing honor to his name. Our second thought is this. Don't walk in the dark. We're going to follow God. We're not going to walk in the dark. We're going to turn the light on. If we're following God, we're going to... Why do we walk in the dark? We don't have to. He's given us his spirit to light the way. Your word is a light into my path. Why don't we use that? Walk in love, and it chases away the shadows. Hit the light switch. says we have to go through the valley. The great thing there is we're going through. We're not staying, not setting up camp. But if I've got the Father of light and love, I've got Christ in me, that means I don't have to walk in the dark. 
I don't have to walk afraid and in the dark. I can turn the light on and let God shine on the things that I need to see. If Jesus is with me, then he's going to lead me to green pastures, not to, to nasty ones. He'll make me lie down in still waters. He'll restore my soul. Why would I fear evil if I got the, the strongest and the biggest and the lightest dude right with me? It's amazing how brave we, we are when we know who's with us. I was going to get in a fight one time, and I went in and got my dad. Dad, they're out here! And I was, you know, there was more of them than us, and so I thought, you know, I got dad, he come walking out on the front porch. Man, it's amazing the, the courage and the strength I had then. That's right, my dad's here! You're lucky. It's amazing what happens when we walk with the Father. It's amazing the infused presence that comes in and you just know that God is with you. You just know that shadows are being driven away by light. When I grew up, I, I, I was always getting afraid. Now, I never watched horror movies, hate them to this day. Can't stand any of them. Don't know why anybody go see them. My own personal opinion, I, I don't think they show those in heaven. Just saying. So I don't like those. Never did. And so I, I never really got afraid as much. I didn't have nightmares of, of Freddy and, and all of that because I never fed my spirit with that. But what I, you know what I was afraid of, which is crazy, and the enemy used a good thing to make me scared. I was afraid of Jesus. I was afraid that Jesus would show up in a big white robe. If you've ever seen the movie Jesus of Nazareth, the guy that plays Jesus, no offense to him, but he looks like he's been a dude on opium or something. No kid would jump on his lap. He had these bony cheeks and just greasy kind of hair. I kept thinking Jesus would show up in my room and go, Brett. And I would be, it was freaking me out. So I'd get scared. My sister's room was down the hall, <laughs> so I'd wake up and get scared. Even the stuff on, my mom would always just do stuff like this. Well, if you're afraid, just turn your light on. Just sleep with the light on. That's all you need to do. You know, if I told her in the summer in August I was hot and sweaty, I had sweat dripping off my neck and laying there, man, I'm hot. Think cool thoughts. Somehow that doesn't work, Mom. I'm still dripping sweat. Well, just pretend it's water. Anyway, I would sneak down the hall to my sister's room. My sister had a bigger room than me, and she had two beds, twin beds. And she would always sleep in one, and she put on her other bed the stuffed animals that she had, and she'd stick on her. Now, my sister was never known for keeping her room clean when I was growing up. That's what I say. And, and so this is what I do. And she was a light sleeper. So if I snuck in her room, she would sit up in bed and go, Rhett, are you in here? And I wouldn't answer because I found out if I answered, she didn't know if I was in there or not. But if I answered, then she knew I was in there. Then I was busted. Then she'd go, get out of my room or I'm telling. She's mean. So. I would sneak, I'd lay on my, I'm the original Jason Bourne. I, I snuck in there, like Jason would be doing this. I snuck in there and I would study her bed with all the stuffed animals. 
And this is a true story. I'd study where the teddy bear was, where her dolls were, where, how they were on the bed, how the bedspread hung down, how, everything. And I'd crawl there, and sometimes she'd sit up, and I'd just lay there. Brett! And you can almost hear yourself breathe. I wouldn't say anything, and then she'd lay back down. Oh, I swear, I thought I heard him in here. And then I'd finally make my way up on her bed, and I'd have them stuffed animals stuck so she couldn't see my body. It'd take me all night. And then I'd wake up before it got daylight, and I'd get off her bed, and then I'd put all the animals the way I had studied them. And I'd get back in my room. And she'd say something like, Did you come in my room last night? Well, you see me in here, don't you? What are you telling me that for? Well, it's just a fun story. But I'm telling you for a reason. I would get so afraid of stuff in the dark or whatever. And, and, and God doesn't want you to live like that. He has a bigger plan for you. Even though my mom would say, just think good thoughts, turn the light on. But part of that is true, even though she doesn't know that at the time. But if you walk with God, turn the light on. You can speak to the mountain. You can make things happen. Did you know you are a change agent by the anointing? I could grab that young man's wrist and by the power of God. Listen, where is the kingdom of God? People are like, oh, the kingdom of God, it's in heaven. No, kingdom of God is in you. That's what the word says. It's in you. So the kingdom is inside you. And it is you that is going to generate the light of the kingdom that's inside you. Ephesians 5, 8 says, for once you're full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. That's my challenge. It says we can walk in the light as Jesus is the light. 1 John 1, 5 and 7, message is heard from Jesus and now declare to you God is light. There's no darkness in him at all. That means there's nothing. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So we don't have to put up with the shadow of death. You don't have to put up with whatever's scaring you. It may not be like what I had growing up or whatever. And of course, as you get older, there's new things the enemy tries to do. What I'm telling you, just by that example, had I known about the power of God, had I known about what could be dwelling inside me, did you know there's no Holy Spirit Junior? I could have been 12 years old walking in the power of the light. You don't have to be an adult to have God in you and be shining for God. I mean, I've had kids come up and pray for people, and men, powerful anointing on them. And you know, the great thing about kids, they just believe because. They don't have to analyze it. We don't, they don't try to reason everything out with their mind. Those students that came up, you know what they're hungry for? They're wanting power. Just show me the real deal. Show me the genuine article. Show me what works. Colossians 1, 12 and 13, thanking the Father he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. That's pretty amazing. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. So don't let the enemy do that. So here's our, our third thought today. Not only turn the lights on, don't walk in the dark, but glow. We, we get that whole series about glow in the dark. We didn't do that for nothing. So glow in the dark, shine bright, be the light in your world. If I put, if we turned all the lights out in here and we let a little 
firefly or a lightning bug fly in here. We could all see it. It's amazing what one little light will do when everything else is dark. Our, our attention will be drawn to the light. Did you know that if you would shine for the Lord, people would find God because of your light? I had people that they didn't like me at all. They ridiculed me. They called me the Jesus freak. They called me all that kind of stuff. I worked at Honda for seven years. I had people call me. But you know what? When they were in trouble, when things were happening, when their grandmother or their parents or something was going on, they were in the hospital, they didn't, they didn't call me names then. They came to me and said, dude, I, could, you, could you pray? Because I, I think God listens to you. Can I say God listens to them too? He's going to listen because that's what his word says. It's just the fact that now I'm the light of God inside me and they were dark. And they're drawn. There's, it's just like, in my mind I'm thinking of a bug zapper. I can't help it. They're drawn. If God could just get a hold of them, they could get zapped with the glory of God and go, okay, I get it. You can have a great effect on the darkness. When I was preaching on that Thursday, <laughs> they had lights like this, and, uh, but they were so bright. It was almost like, yeah, it's kind of like, almost like paparazzi. I mean, I'd look up and they're... You ever walk out in the sun from a dark room and the sun hits your eyes and then all of a sudden you're like, hello. Or somebody takes a flash picture of you and thought it was going to fall, didn't he? But I'm just saying it was kind of like that. And I remember saying, I'm like, I'm sorry. I said, I'm just, when I look up to see, I could only see silhouettes of students' heads. And, and then I had to have my eyes adjust. And I've got my, my iPads lit up. I mean, so it's not like I can't, but it would just be, whoo. So the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he adjusted the lights because he had them up for praise and worship. I'm like, thanks. But that's what I'm using that example is when you shine so bright, it blinds the enemy. He can't find you. He can't find you. He wants to find you, but he can't because there's too much God in there and he can't handle that. Wouldn't it be great to live so fully in the light that the enemy can't find you? I mean, he knows you're there, but he can't get, he can't get his grubby little hands around anything to, to get you down. He can't do that because you don't accept anything unless God has put it in you. You don't believe anything unless God said it. What would happen if we were like that? 1 John 5, 18, we know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. You see that? You know, years ago, I, I stood in front of somebody that was upset. I don't know if you've ever stood in front of anybody that's been upset, but this guy went, and I didn't do anything to escalate it, but it was escalating. Has that ever happened to anybody? He was getting escalated. And I had my son Samuel, who was all about this big. And this guy, he was not only getting escalated, he was using some colorful language. And my son was right there with him with me, with him, and, and it went from just talking at a distance, like from here to here, to now he had talked from here to here, to now he talked, and he's right here. And then he started doing this. And my son is looking at me and looking at him, and I took my son, and I went like this. 
and put him behind me. Now, this is what, in my mind, I don't know where this is going to go, but wherever it goes, he's not touching my son. Are you with me? It's not going to go there. I will protect him at all costs. Now, it didn't get there because I practice what I'm preaching. I can't say I've done that every time, but I did that day, and it got diffused. The guy, he still did, was he, all of a sudden he was happy? No, he still ticked as anything at me, but it just, because I didn't retaliate, and I, I put everything behind, you know, and he turned around, and he walked away because I didn't do anything back. My point is this. The enemy is going to do everything he can. But Jesus is saying, if you walk in the light, get behind me. Get behind me. Get behind me. Because he's got to come through that, and he can't. You have every bit in you to walk God's way. Don't you think you can? Don't you think you're not good enough? Don't you think you didn't qualify? If you have Jesus, you qualified. He's the qualifier. Doesn't matter how much money you make. Doesn't matter how tall you are. Doesn't matter if you're a fat kid, small kid, kids that climb on rocks. It doesn't matter. It, it has nothing to do. You know what it has to do? Your allegiance. Who you believe in. What do you really believe is true? First John 2.10 says, Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. Be that person. Be that person that just says, you know what, God? I'm laying it down for you. Because I'll just tell you right now, old Brett, that is not a good thing to do to old Brett. Old things pass away. All things become new. That's a process. Living God's way, sometimes that's a process, but you've got it in you. We have to not harbor these things. We have to not harbor unforgiveness. Strife. We open the door to strife. It lets in all kinds of things. Did you know pride and contention? You don't need any of that stuff. What you need is love. God's love. The love that, that is, but God, that's ugly what they did. Yes, it is. You don't have to go. Let me, let me explain this. How many have family that meet Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever? Okay. You love them, but you're not going on vacation with them. There are people that you love but you're not hanging out with. There are things that you love, but you, you're, you know, here's the thing. Something is, you're, you're getting through. It's a process, but you already know that I'm not going to harbor unforgiveness or bitterness or whatever. Are you with me? You're going to have to be real with God and just say, you're going to have to help me. Sometimes when you say you forgive somebody, do, you, do your feelings actually line up right away? No, they don't. But they will come into subject as you subject yourself to follow the leader. That's how it works. Paul says, I, I lay down my flesh daily. Because inside, there's part of us that wants to be, oh, no, you didn't.
We need God to help us, to direct us, to lead us. Here's our last one. Repent. If you're like me, you got to come to this and you got to go, okay, i got to deal with this. So you're going to have to guard the door. You're going to have to guard the door. You can't let stuff in that's going to fester or feed the bad stuff that wants to live. What you, what you feed grows, what you starve dies. So feed the word. Feed on the good stuff. Feed on God. You know, I, I do stuff now. All my, I went and saw some, some people here at our church. They had some surgery and stuff. So it was clear down in Columbus. You go to the Ohio State Medical Center down in Columbus. That's like a whole other city and world down there. Man, I mean, and it's, it's crazy trying to figure out how i got to park in this garage or i got to figure out where they go and all that. Then I had to go speak at camp, and that was about a two-hour drive to camp close to it. But instead of before, I would have done, it's not that it's bad, because I love Christmas. I listen to Christmas music all the way there. But can I say Christmas music doesn't actually all the time really feed my spirit? It makes me feel good, but it doesn't make me grow so I was listening to teaching all the way down. It gave me an opportunity to listen to stuff. So before when I wouldn't, what, Brett, what do you tell me? I'm saying when you, when, I, when you repent, ask God for opportunities to feed what needs to be fed. Guard the door. So I'm going to listen to stuff that's going to help me in what I need. Because I'm going to feed my spirit. I'm going to feed the God part of me inside that's connected with him. And I got to, you know, I got to, you know, spend time in my prayer language. And I'm sure people, if I'm on 270, are looking at me like, what in the world is that guy doing? It doesn't matter. I'm doing what I need to do. Jesus said this, Matthew 5, 39. He says, I do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other one also. He's not saying just to let somebody beat you up. But he's saying when somebody's doing that. Why could Jesus say to the people that killed him, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You know, sometimes people just, they just, they don't know about the light. So they react out of a dark place. Show them the way. They might not receive it at the beginning, but they will think about how you didn't respond the way they thought you'd respond. Just trying to go through the stuff that the Lord wants me to share. Let me explain repentance. Repentance isn't just being sorry you got caught. Repentance is deciding that was wrong. I'm not going to do that anymore. Brett, what happens if I slip up again? Well, you, you're going to repent again. Each time, you, you, you want to get closer to the light so the enemy loses his grip. And the more that you say no to the enemy, the easier it gets to say no to the enemy. The more you say yes to him, the easier it gets to fall. I challenge you today, if you want to walk in the ways of God, live a repentant life. Sometimes pride will tell you, you, don't, you didn't do anything wrong, and maybe you didn't. But what's more important? God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? And he'll show you how to respond in a way that's loving. When you arm yourself with love, you arm yourself with light, the light of God. 
I'm going to say this and then I'm, I'm finished. <laughs> I'd get bent out of shape sometimes because I'd say, God, did you see how they treated me? I mean, did you see what they did? Did you see what they said? Or did you see this? And I, I so deserve to be able to tell them off. I, I, they deserved everything I said. You know what God told me? Quit worrying about how they treat you. Let that be my issue. Let me talk to them about that. You be concerned with how you treat them. Because see, I, my treating was all hinging on how they treated me. Man, I got to get better at that. Well, if you treat me bad, then I'm going to treat you bad back. If you're a mean to me, I might be mean to you back. If you're snappy to me, I might be snappy back. And God's saying, Brett, that's not right. Let me deal with them. You deal with how you treat them, no matter how they treat you. Well, God, that would be, I have all these conditions. And Jesus would say and write, and I give none for mine. Unconditional. How do we do that? Well, we really can't without God. So that's why the love of God inside us has got to come out. I told you this story the one time, and, I, and I'll close with this. I got, a, I got a great wife. But, I mean, we were arguing one time, and we, we, we pulled over in a parking lot so that we could have a better argument. We were going at it. You did that. Let me tell you what you ought to And then, like I said, then God just kind of got a hold of me. And she said something. And the, what she said was right. But I didn't want to say it. Because I had a lot of right points, too. And I wanted to get the last word. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And, I mean, the, the, the fight was just going this way. This is getting worse. You know, when you get, doesn't, it doesn't take long before you're saying stuff you don't really mean or stuff that's just hurtful. Because you don't, you know the person better than anybody else, so you can say stuff that'll just be like, mm. and the Lord spoke to me. And I said, I turned around to her and, and I said, you're absolutely right. Lord, my voice, I'm sorry. And she went, what did you say? I said, I said, you're right. I'm sorry. Did you know the fight was over? Everything came back down. And we continued on. Was it a little awkward at first? And Yeah. But sure is a lot better than what would have been the aftermath of the things I was ready to say. Or the things that she was probably ready to say. Friends, if we want to live God's way, it's got to start with us. It's got to start in our homes. It's great that we want the world good. We want our neighborhood good. We want, what about us? Let's take the log out of us. Let's look at us and say, I'm going to start with me. No matter what they say, no matter how they treat me. Sometimes saying nothing's better than saying something. But our actions with love should be that way. How many believe that? We love you today. Now, I'm going to pray here in just a second. I want the prayer team to hold off. I don't want them to come up until the offering. is. Uh, we tried this in the first service. I was going to talk to Glenn, but I didn't get a chance. And I was, 
Um, so uh, rather than the prayer team come up now during this altar, I want them to come up when we receive the offering in just a second. And that worked. We had people come up for prayer. Uh, so that was awesome in first service. I want you to be encouraged today. If you're going through a whole lot of stuff, if you can grab onto something that I said today, grab onto the love of God. Because if you can live with the love of God, then you will start lighting up the world you live in and walk it out. Follow the leader. Don't walk in the dark. Glow and be repentant. Guard the door. Father, in the name of Jesus, with these wonderful heads bowed and eyes closed,